Hello and welcome back to Co-Pilots, a podcast about podcasting. I'm your co-pilot, Andy. And I'm your co-co-pilot, Cam. And today we're going to present to you the pilot episode of a new podcast, which we will uh, premiere and send into the skies. And today's podcast is all about lore. Specifically, I have for us a, a legal case. I am somewhat of a a, a nearly lawyer, uh, and I have an interesting case for us today, Andy. A fledgling lawyer, or a, a gosling lawyer. Is is there a, a name for what is a an infant lawyer? Do we have a specific term? Uh, a no good, dirty law student. <laughs> I suppose another version of the question is what do you call a lawyer that still has some soul? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. So you, you have a case, an actual like real life case. A real life case, yeah. Because uh, everything law, everything cases is, is free domain for everyone to kind of just look at and read and, and pick apart and enjoy and base a podcast around. So I've, I've got the, the entire case transcript here from a case called French and Fraser. Uh, and a thing about law is the way it's written is French v. Fraser, but the v is an and, which has, has ruined the way I look at the word v. For instance, in the the hit, well, not hit, the, the blustering uh, 2015 film Batman and Superman Dawn of Justice, I, I can't. <laughs> I literally saw the poster and read it as Batman and Superman. Uh, so we have the case huh. of French and Fraser from the New South Wales Supreme Court. Uh, and this is a defamation case. Uh, Andy, what do you understand defamation to be? Like, absolutely goof free, I would imagine that defamation is like slanderous language or painting uh, painting somebody in ill repute or in a in a way in which they do not identify with in terms of uh, business or practice. That's pretty well spot on. Uh, slander is a uh, internationally kind of a a word for spoken defamation. You might have also heard of it as libel which is, is written here in Australia, uh, we just lump it all into a basket called defamation. And you've basically got it spot on. It's basically a publication about someone that puts them puts down their reputation in the eyes of, of others. And that is the most use I'm going to be for this entire podcast. Please continue. Uh, that's, also the, that's also the only legal background we need. Because um, we, we've got a case here where there's no, no doubt that defamation has occurred. That's not the interesting thing. Uh, the interesting thing is the defendant in this case, or bad guy in, in law terms, uh, <laughs> a man named Michael Frazier, who, who dubbed himself the Arbitrator. So he's already dubbed, he, he's an actual supervillain. More or less, yeah. And he's one of those supervillains who thinks they're the good guy. You know, Lex Luthor knows he's he's doing evil, but for kind of good means. This guy thinks he's... He's the goody through and through. Uh, and this guy huh. considers himself kind of a, a, an investigator slash researcher uh, looking into kind of consumer affairs kind of things, which which I'm very much for, you know. Uh, but the means to his ends aren't so great. And if you, you look at his, his Twitter, he doesn't seem super professional. His, his header image is a blurry screenshot from the, the 7pm project, which he was on once. And it was probably the height of his his public career. 
Um, I've got written here because I've got a document that I, I, I sorted a while ago. His Twitter photo looks like a screenshot from from Mass Effect Andromeda that someone would use to show off how bad the faces were in Mass Effect Andromeda, if you're familiar with that. <laughs> so the, the image you're painting for me right now is a, a supervillain whose face is made up of a series of poorly textured polygons. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's more or less uh, what he is. Uh, and then we have, uh, the second player here is Justice Lucy, Lucy McCallum, who is kind of the judge in this case, who I, I did some research on as well, uh, just to be thorough. And I like her a lot. If, if you read what she's written in the case, I, I like her a lot. Um, uh, she was born in 1963, uh, did stuff with firms for a while, then worked with, uh, uh, prosecution, uh, she represented asbestos victims, worked pro bono for refugees and immigration and detention stuff. So uh, very cool. Uh, and she kind of works all the, the high profile defamation stuff in, in New South Wales. And I'll be uh, referring to her a lot and what she said. She actually sounds just like a good human, to be honest. Yeah, which is weird because she was a lawyer on the way to <laughs> to being a judge, which it... It's it's weird. We have this idea of of judges as 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 the good guys and lawyers as kind of scummy, but every judge has been a lawyer somewhere along the way, which doesn't really make sense. Well, it does once you know that before they become a judge, they have to go through some sort of law related exorcism. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how because in the US, judges are elected, and it's very very political. So I I guess instead of any kind of election, we have an exorcism here. Is my guess. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what that would look like. <laughs> just holding a gavel to them, yelling, "The power of law compels you." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, from here on, I've I'm gonna just take us through the case as a narrative, as how things happened. Uh. So we have a man whose name is Brendan French. Uh, and he was the head of customer relations for Commonwealth Bank's retail division. And he's known, uh, and I'm quoting, as an outstanding reputation uh, for honesty and integrity. So just kind of a, a good guy working in the bank. Uh, Justice McCallum herself describes him as intelligent, well-educated, uh, who, yeah, until now had not a good reputation for honesty. Uh, yeah, so uh, from here on in, I'm going to be referring to our, our bad guy, our defendant, Michael Fraser, as the arbitrator. And imagine with that whatever costume you will. So the issue with the arbitrator as a supervillain name, though he does sound like he's dulling out, you know, some sort of vigilante justice, unfortunately it also sounds like arbory. So I'm, I'm <laughs> getting a mental image of some sort of... <laughs> Police tree. He's in my mm. mind now. He is essentially a large oak. Into the he is the long branch of the law. <laughs> <laughs> that is a better tagline than he could probably come up with. And also, arbitration is not at all what this man does, which just uh, enjoyable for me. Uh, so, the arbitrator says he advocates on behalf of everyday customers who have been treated poorly by the big banks and telcos and electricity providers and all of that kind of thing. 
Uh, and I have a quote here saying that under that pious mantle and purportedly in response to unspecified wrongs done by the bank to unnamed customers, <laughs> Mr. Fraser has subjected Dr. French to a hellish two years of bullying and harassment, which is kind of a, a snapshot of what this case is about. But can we just return back to that uh, that initial line, please? What was the <laughs> the initial line of unspecified wrongs? Was that correct? Und- yeah, that this whole case is predicated on the arbitrator calls Combank, uh, says, "I'd like to have a chat about all the terrible things you're doing for all the people I represent." And Combank says, "What things? And from what people? And?" Not during the the two years that all of this is taking place. Does he ever specify what Gombank has done wrong or who he represents? Because it's nobody. <laughs> Maybe he's 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 taking the the parent role. He's doing the whole. I don't know if your parents ever did this to you, but maybe maybe this might reveal a little bit about me. In that, my parents used to just go, "Is this something you want to tell us?" And wait. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's doing to the banks yeah. the whole parent trick of, is there something you want to tell us? I know you've done something. Yeah, yeah I, I know you've done something wrong. Come clean to me and my imaginary army of, of complainants. Uh, so October 2012, the arbitrator sends an email to, to chief executive at Combank, uh, Ian Narev. Uh, who he he randomly selected, uh, and says, Hi, Ian, you may have seen me on TV dealing with Telstra issues, or perhaps you read something online. One thing I can say for sure, you may not know me now, but from this point on, I'll be someone you never forget. Oh, creep alert. Yeah, this... My, my reason for selecting this case is based entirely on the wealth of unsettling quotes from the arbitrator. <laughs> oh, please continue. So he says that he's been asked by many banking customers to address their bulk concerns with the bank, and this is his first request for a private meeting, uh, and says, until you prove to me that you are part of the solution and not part of the problem, every interaction or lack of interaction will be timed and published by myself online on national TV, in my print media, and then shared by my followers. My strong advice is to meet with me ASAP. I am always friendly, but don't mistake my kindness with weakness. <laughs> He's definitely a super villain or a vigilante. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so you can see he's, I guess, true to his name, arbitrarily chosen this one exec at Combank to, to kind of hone in on and just harass for a meeting. Uh, he continues... My followers consist of over 10,000 plus, I have lost count beyond this, of the general public, federal politicians, two film companies, a handful of celebrities, and prominent entrepreneurs. He doesn't, he doesn't specify any of them. The rest assured, I will never go away until you meet with me, and I will write about everyone that gets in the way of peaceful exchange. Uh, and he, he goes on about, I am a web company, and... Uh, people are depending on me and and all of that so basically he he wants a meeting he's saying i have power i'm well known i'll i'll film it i'll i'll harass you i want a meeting uh and he ends up getting redirected to someone else 
so Ian Narev, this this exec says, well, I'm I'm a you know I'm an exec, you know, uh, but I'll send you through to Dr. French, our upstanding uh, community relations guy, and and he responds. So we have the arbitrator just on a dime is like, okay, new guy to pick on. That's fine. And he asks for Dr. French's personal number to call him directly, which, you know, red flags. Uh, and Dr. French, you know, insists that, how about arbitrator be a normal person, use email. Uh, and then we get our next, the word I've used is tenacious email from the arbitrator. <laughs> uh, and this, this is like, in the right lighting with a horror movie soundtrack, potentially genuinely terrifying. Brendan, I am very skilled at what I do, and I ask kindly that you take me very seriously. My goal always is a positive outcome for all parties involved. I am not abusive, I don't hide cameras, and I cannot reassure you enough to not mistake my kindness as weakness or perhaps think that ignoring me or placating me will shut me up and make me go away. I don't ever take sides with the bank, in your case, or the customer. I simply act on what is right and what is wrong. Uh, so, so from now on, Ian's off the hook, and Dr. French is, is the arbitrator's victim of choice. When you make this into a script, can you please mm. make sure that bit of dialogue is delivered by nobody other than Liam Neeson? Oh, oh yeah. For sure. I will find you. And I will arbitrarily choose you to hunt down and harass for two years. <laughs> I will arbitrarily select you to be the entire platform for my emotional bullying and metaphorical cock measuring. He, he is very much channeling some sort of anti-hero version of Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, so we have a four day gap. Dr. French is on holiday. He's on leave. So he doesn't get back to him. He's got a life and a, and a family and needs. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, so four days later, we get this. I gave it nearly a week and no reply. Am I being ignored? Or have you just not had the time to reply? I look forward to hearing from you. ASAP. Smiley face emoji. Because <laughs> there's nothing more threatening. Nothing that communicates, I require your attention immediately, like an emoji. <laughs> mm. uh, so Dr. French replies, saying that, I should also note, in the absence of a specific complaint, there is little that I, it seems I'll be able to help you with. And the arbitrator just keeps emailing and demanding an, a meeting and never, at any point during any of this, you know, spoiler alert, never specifies his complaint, like you said, uh, till we get to, hi, Brendan. Still no phone call. Not even to discuss a specific problem that I am authorised on. You know that I re represent a large number of Combank customers, and you won't even spare them five minutes to talk to me. This tells me that your devotion to the customer is not what you or Combank says it is. You do realise that you have me for life now. Or at least oh. the life of your career in Combank. The way to oh, deal wow. with me is not to ignore me. I am trying to be polite, and I will always be civil. But I do have a job to do. He he told a lie in there, by the way, uh, when he said he'll always be civil. Because I think we're already past that. I thought you were saying you he told a lie in that he has a job to do. I don't I don't think he does. I think he's satiating mm. his own ego. And, and once again, he he says, you know, 
he won't even give me your number to discuss a specific problem that I'm authorized to talk about. Uh, once again, authorized by who? He never says any of his clients because he's got none. And specific problem, no mention of what it is. From here in, in, in Justice McCallum's words, bless her, things get overtly threatening. <laughs> At least she's using objective language. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she's, she's a boss. Hi, Brendan. I hope you had a great weekend, smiley emoji. It saddens me that you feel that you need to ignore problems, perhaps hoping that I will go away. Right now, I'm using about 1% of my resources to attempt a working relationship with you. What percentage must I go for you to take this matter seriously? FYI, my methods are all legal and peaceful. I'm about to step things up a little. The direction you are heading in involves a film crew waiting for you outside the building. I hope you are not camera shy. He says as he sits in his high back swiveling leather chair stroking a Persian cat. <laughs> and he's now also a Dragon Ball Z villain. You know, this is only 1% of my power, Goku. <laughs> this isn't even my final form. <laughs> uh, and then we have, hi, Brendan. I hope you are well. I'm thinking that there will be something that would get you to talk, but I'm not sure what that is. Is it pictures of his children? <laughs> it's pictures of his children. <laughs> I will try saying pretty please. Any thoughts? Uh, so this is when things get worried and Dr. French starts realizing, uh, starts taking it as threats. Uh, and then we have a video. Uh, so the arbitrator has a website, which sadly is now down. Uh, Thearbitrator.com.au or something. So the arbitrator website. And he puts up a video with the title, The Arbitrator Teaches Brendan French from Combank How to Work a Telephone. No! Uh, and I, I'm not sure what it is. I really want to know what it is, but I feel like it's a shitty stick figure cartoon of him totally poning Dr. French because he doesn't know how a phone works. Oh, it has to be available on YouTube. It, it must. What, what's the title of it? The Arbitrator Teaches Brendan French from Combank How to Work a Telephone. Okay, I, just for the sake of this podcast, after, after we're done, I'm going to search YouTube for this and see if I can find it. Because we, we need a follow-up. We need to see oh, this. Oh, if, if this exists, I genuinely want to find it. I, I, I'm scared about what it is. <laughs> uh, there's probably some human rights conventions that mean it can't be seen. Uh, hopefully. Uh, so, over the next month, Dr. French goes on holiday with his family, which he probably desperately needs. And he doesn't tell the arbitrator about this. He keeps it kind of hush-hush because he's sick of him. Uh, so this is when things get proper creepy. Hi, Brendan. I genuinely hope you had a nice time with your family over the break. Smiley emoji. We are hoping that you will, in your professional capacity, make the time to start up a friendly professional relationship with me very soon. We don't want to have to apply all kinds of pressure to get you to talk and would simply just like to have an open line of communication. You are now on my wall of people not talking and I would like very much to remove you from it ASAP. Here is a link followed by a hyperlink entitled Wall of Shame. Perhaps you'll give me a call today. So he's got a wall of shame of people who won't talk to him. Does he have... What, what's the time frame here? Do, do you have an indication of how long it has been in the discourse so far? Uh, we're now two months in. 
Wow, that escalated super quickly. Mm. Oh, yeah. So back to the wall of shame. He has a dedicated wall. He has a naughty wall. Yeah. It's the arbitrator's no-no list, but it's a no-no list for the arbitrator himself. Uh, And this is when I first realized that Justice McCallum is a boss, because she said, he's in good company there. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I'm sipping coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I love this woman. I I love... Mm. This is Justice McCallum. Oh, okay. Oh, I need- so, the the arbitrator says he's gonna he'll come to see Doctor French very soon, and has obtained access from helpers within to Doctor French's schedule, and says my advice is to not think about it too much, as you may work yourself up into a friends or a frenzy, wondering when we are going to jump out with cameras, and and we've also got uh, here we have Justice McCallum says that Doctor French is in good company. And the the chairman of ASIC, which is the Australian sort of exchange commission. He's an insurance commission. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the financial ombudsman uh, are up on his, his naughty list. Probably genuinely outstanding guys who are in their positions of, of extreme trust for good reasons. Uh, so it's good company to be in. Like the judge said, that is, that's outstanding company to be in. I don't think there's any mm. shame in being on that list at all. No. So next, we have another article from the arbitrator on his website announcing war on the banks and any bank execs that get in the way. And the article makes a promise. Uh, And this promise, Justice McCallum says, is more of a threat to any bank exec avoiding contact with him. And he will devote a whole team of people to you solely to apply all kinds of pressure to you until you start talking with me. I can break you mentally. You may be interested to know that my special skill is psychology. I am constantly psychoanalyzing you. Did you know that I am also a powerful hypnotist? You have never (laughs) faced someone like me, and that is why I will remove you all, one by one, and win on behalf of the Australian people. Let's not forget that people have become homeless, committed suicide, and suffered heart attacks over things you have taken part in or known about. I am an unstoppable force. I am powered by the voice and needs of the Australian people. I will come for you, and I will prevail. Yes, I am a powerful tool in the hands of many. I am guided by their team, and I will carry out their will. My advice to you is if I come for you, be smart and work with me like Telstra did. If not, then I already feel sorry for you. The Arbitrator. In the animated series, that speech ends with him on a rooftop, Batman-esque, with a flag flapping in the wind behind him. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, this is, like, this guy should write for DC. This is Lex Luthor writing, you know, I will take you down one by one for the good of the people. He deserves a fan comic. He actually does. (laughs) And he also does mention that he has superpowers and basically says he's a mind reader. I am a hypnotist, yes. The question is, how does one deploy hypnotism via email? (laughs) He's a powerful psychoanalyst. He learns (laughs) everything from you by what you've typed to him. Oh, wow. But continue, please. Mm. You're not going to like this next email. Which is I'll one of the first things I 
he he posts he, he sends an email and then this is on his facebook page as well he posts this how many times per week do you dream about me if i am not on what? your mind outside of your work hours then i am not doing my job properly and the arbitrator says that he had only just begun to wind the pressure on and is currently working at 5% intensity. Sweet dreams. Okay, at the arbitrator's 5% intensity, even though I'm receiving it not even secondhand, thirdhand, I don't feel safe right now. No, uh, just jumping through the page, you know, I, I feel like is. His 100% intensity is, you know, Thanos snap. <laughs> he, will, he will destroy half of the, of the fucking bank office. Uh, just <laughs> all Cho- chosen arbitrarily. <laughs> oh, it comes full circle. Oh, so, so what's, what's after 5%? What happens during and after 5%? Okay, uh... This is where the arbitrator goes from deluded madman, like Joker, kind of, or like 60s Joker, kind of goofy, laughable fool, to genuinely bad person. This is why I don't feel bad mocking him. Before this, I kind of feel sorry for him. From here on, I don't feel bad about anything we say about this guy. He he turns into to full-on uh, Dark Knight Joker, genuinely bad no good noted so from here on the arbitrator has learned that dr french is gay and fills his his emails and stuff with homophobic slurs and references from now on oh no good yeah hi brendan i hope you're enjoying the start of the week brendan we really need to talk i now have a group of people that you have worked with in various capacities that have come forward with all kinds of information that would be extremely damaging to your reputation. Which, he's also just defined defamation for us, so he's kind of up and out said, I'm gonna do this. They are giving me all kinds of information on you as an individual and on your professional conduct. They want me to take you down professionally, and with the information I have so far, it does not look so good. I am very disappointed to hear the same thing over and over about you and your conduct. They have provided me with your sexual preference and the name of your partner, etc. I really have no interest in the personal stuff, yet others do. That's a that's a lie, because he shows his interest very much from this point on. I'm thinking you should call me to discuss my matters, as I will be less inclined to discourage them from the activity they are car- than the activities they are collectively planning to take you down personally. I'm thinking it is definitely time to talk, Brendan. Uh and Justice McCallum jumps in again, saying, No rational person with a genuine concern for the interests of consumers could seriously think that this is an okay thing to do. Or well any said. kind of advo- advocacy thing to do. Uh, and, and points out that the arbitrator is now a stalker. Just for context, what year are we talking about? This is a 2012 case, I believe. I'm going to have to scroll up and lose my place. Uh, 2015 and is when the case took place. So 2013 I mean- through 2015. Not that any form of homophobia or not that being uh, gay in the workplace should have affected one's standing at all, ever, but definitely did not in 2015. So it makes me wonder what world this man is living in in his head. I mean, we've already established that he's not exactly in his right mind, but nonetheless. Mm. 
Yeah, no, this is like completely irrelevant except to say, hey, I know all about you. I know your secret. This is the part where the comic stops selling. Right, yeah. This is this is when the the audience are like, it's not being fun. It was I'm out, you know, I'm gonna go so read like that, Spider-Man. The, it's the bit in Killing Joke where you get to what the Joker's doing to Barbara Gordon and has a camera and you're like, Do I still wanna read this? Mm. Yeah, it it's it's Captain America saying Hail Hydra and it's like Actually A lot no, of people no, no. Are, a lot of people are getting me, off here. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> okay, so let's, it's, it's let's the response. The narrative. It's the response to Captain America saying "Hail Hydra" and and everyone hopping off because that's not that's not what they signed up for. Hail Hydra. Okay, uh, now uh, he's used his information and he's progressed to voicemail. That's not good. Uh, and and he's alluding to his orientation more and more in voicemail messages. In a threatening manner, or is he suggesting he wants to buy this man a drink? Both, I think. He, he continues to leave threatening emails and, and mentions that Dr. French is going to jail and he's likely going to enjoy his experience there. Oh, God. So, okay, uh, no, I, can't, I can't even make yeah. a joke of that. At this point, it's, fuck this guy. And the amount of views I have in, fuck the arbitrator on my notes, are substantial. It's just a whole page of you scrolling. Fuck this guy. Yep. Uh, so we're four minutes, months in now, and we have a new voicemail. I'm really surprised, actually, at how much intention I'm getting from the media already. Like a lot of the newspapers and different types of TV, etc. It's really, really good. So yeah, they all want to see people like you hang. And the scary thing is, I'm not even exaggerating or what would have you, but there are some people out there that really want some horrible things to happen to people like you. I'm not one of them. Uh, d- despite <laughs> what he yeah. the teacher is actually painting for us here. Yeah, I think he's the only person who wants anything like that to happen. So we've discovered that the arbitrator is a contrarian. Hmm. Uh, and I have this note. In some of his calls, the arbitrator's voice was slow, studied, and threatening. He would also sometimes attempt a foreign accent such as Greek or Russian. What? At this point, the arbitrator was calling every day, sometimes several times a day, and often at like 5am. And we have him saying things like, I am coming for you. There is no way you can hide. And stuff like, uh, do you have fast running shoes? And I hope you have a nice haircut. Okay, I... I, I can understand the running shoes bit for getting away, but the, the haircut? What? I think for when he jumps out of the bushes with a camera to say, look, it's the gay man who hasn't done anything wrong that I'm going to specify. Oh, no. Oh, uh, so he, at this point, he's... I don't think he said anything that, that Combank has done, but he's saying that Dr. French... Uh, does things like bullying and corruption and destruction of people's lives. Uh, so general outcomes of what Dr. French does, but no specific instances are brought up. Uh, and then we have, when I'm done with you, you'll never be able to be employed in a decent job again. 
I am an internet search optimization <laughs> internet search optimization genius, and I can make certain <laughs> that when anyone types your name into Google, the only material they will find will be the truth of your evil acts for the world to see. I am coming for you. How did he spell coming? <laughs> I think this is a voicemail. He wanted, <laughs> oh, good. He wanted to have the ambiguity. Um, there's something I really want to point out here. Uh, one, uh, people may be legally interested in something called the right to be forgotten, which a lot of cases are being uh, brought against Google. Uh, basically, if like five or more years ago, there were any cases or anything brought against you, you can get Google to drop the search results so you don't come up anymore. Oh. Uh, which doesn't strictly apply to this because it'd have to be some time after, uh, but it's a, a cool thing. Uh, and then we have, he said that if anyone Googles you, the only thing they'll find is the truth of your eagle, evil acts. That is a quote from Dr. Frazier. Uh, I'm sorry, the arbitrator. And, the arbitrator. Using, uh, and it is true about himself now. Google yeah. Michael <laughs> Frazier. Google... Uh, the arbitrator or Michael Fraser, the arbitrator, Google him at all. And there's nothing but his bullshit, nothing but articles against him. Now he, he got his mind reading right for once. He told the future. He just had the, the victim a little wrong. Uh, so that is some wonderful poetic justice there that I love. That is, is called poetic justice, I believe. Hmm. And I've done exactly as you suggested. And all I have here are, articles of uh, michael uh, actually spoilers i'm not going to say that but the outcome mm. and uh, articles painting the arbitrator as either a a nut job or or b uh uh just an absolute sociopath so it's no you were entirely right he, he got yeah. that prediction 100 percent correct. yeah uh sadly he had it right at the time as well uh dr french had written books and stuff about uh, commerce and whatever but at th this point if you google his name you'd have articles and stuff showing up that he uh words like a corrupt bully and trail of disaster so at this point he's had a legitimate effect on this guy's career wow. uh, so now to mid 2013 the arbitrator is trying to call about five times a day and sending a lot of texts and emails daily uh now we have mms messages from the arbitrator uh and we have oh he actually he's answered our question uh what his outfit would be he sent a photo of himself wearing a top hat and holding a cane posing in his bedroom what i i don't know i don't know why i, I think <laughs> was, it's was there was there a caption i i don't think so there's, there's no mention it of is... it i feel like the justice only put it in a court report just because it's so funny and she wanted everyone to know about it because it has a bearing <laughs> on the case so he's He's dropped the usual threatening dialogue for a moment of, how do you do, my good sir? Hmm. Just, in case you haven't realised, I am a supervillain. I want to get the relationship clear here. You know. <laughs> allow me to... Allow me to cement this dynamic with my aesthetic. Do you, do you want to fuck with someone who can afford a top hat? I thought not. <laughs> Okay, so what are we, like six months in and he starts sending MMSs? Mm, um, about a year, I think. About a year Almost. in now. So yeah, he, we're pretty he was far a bit in. camera shy at first. Mm. And then we have a, a post on the Arbitrator website entitled, Who is Brendan French? 
and it's it's very sinister, very menacing, uh, and says some others wish him harm and point out his sexual preferences, but I just want to talk. At this point, Brendan French isn't out. So when he says oh. some others wish to do him harm and point out his sexual preferences, but I do, I don't do that. He's literally done that. He's nuts. Uh, and Dr. French was horrified that he'd been outed like that. On a fairly small scale, not too many people read this website, but still, not not nice. And then gets an email saying, Let's end the silence, Brendan. You are the 93rd reader since 5pm. Private call offered to you right now. I'll keep it between us. Uh, and so we, the arbitrator is boasting that he has 10,000 individual viewers of that post. Which when he's emailing him which is meant to scare him but it also he also said that dr french was only the 93rd viewer which out of ten thousand, probably not he's also got like not that many twitter followers so i think he's just said ten thousand. uh anyway we're into uh, to mid 2013 uh new new articles on his site brendan french is seriously under fire from victims co-workers and whistleblowers and this is one of the main articles, and it's so vile that Justice McCallum has refused to include it in the judgment. Uh, but it has uh, cartoons, apparently, of of cartoon characters carrying uh, torches and pitchforks with the text French under fire. And I, I want to see the cartoons because I hope the arbitrator drew them and I hope they're awful. I get the feeling that they are all mostly stick figures, poorly drawn, like, five-year-old crayon stick figures. Mm. Uh, the next day, uh, Dr. French's PA shows him the article, and he he genuinely feels sick and humiliated and hopeless at this point, like, life, proper ruined, not sleeping. And at this point, people are starting to believe there's substance to that the allegations. So genuinely, like, ruining this guy's life. Because, remember, he was arbitrarily chosen... It was going to be this other guy. It was going to be Ian, the the executive. And Ian, but no, it's the it guy who's the guy at the bank whose job to is to answer emails, and he's just being chosen, which is uh, terrifying. It kind of elicits a little bit of social anxiety on my part, really, because you, <laughs> answering one email, you would not expect two years of literal harassment and bullying. Mm. And that, like the outcome of the case, I'll say, it's good news for this guy. It it makes me feel better that this probably isn't going to happen much. Uh, so, Dr. French is in the UK on business, uh, meeting with bigwigs who hadn't, hadn't met him before, and they ask him, what's going on with the arb- arbitrator creep? And there's a short discussion about it, blah, blah, blah. And he realizes that this guy's wacko stuff has reached the UK. Like, it's it's taken off internationally, and that's how far this has gone. Uh, so then we kind of, I think, start some legal stuff. And at one point, the arbitrator follows Dr. French to his car. Oh, oh so it's gotten in person now. It's happening in Yeah, he follows him to his car at one point and starts inspecting entrances and exits of the bank. And he also sent one email to the bank's media team implying that Dr. French was a pedophile, which is the only time he does this. Luckily, he didn't take it over with that kind of thing. Uh, then we have another SMS. More of your close team wish to meet with me privately in relation to their concerns about you. These ones wish to remain anonymous because they're not real. Uh, two major <laughs> papers are, are very interested in the story and taking notes. I just want you to know that I don't dislike you. 
I just want to see the right thing done in relation to a handful of large matters which you are involved in. Would you be open to meeting off the record privately when I am in town? You are welcome to pick the venue and search me for recording devices. I will honour my word, Michael. Smiley face. It sounds almost as if he'd enjoy being searched for recording devices. The only thing, though, that he hasn't uttered yet in this correspondence, as well, at least according to your accounting, is, we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> you created me, French. <laughs> no, full-on... <laughs> at, at what point of the story do we find out he's actually French's father? <laughs> uh, you you weren't actually far off with with what you said though. Uh, we have a follow up voicemail saying, "You can search me, Brendan. I know you'd like that. Oh no! I promise that I'm not wearing any strap on devices. Feel free to search me if you like. Wouldn't that be a laugh? Oh, Which you know, playing to the gay card." I mean, at this point, it, it's, it kind of sounds what you said. Like, uh, you can search me if you want. Wouldn't wouldn't that be a laugh? <laughs> like, that sounds like someone who wants to be, be strip searched. Don't you dare check to see what I'm hiding on my groin. I would be mm. so upset if you did that. Please <laughs> wouldn't, don't. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if we just made out? It's like, you know, a joke. <laughs> a, a job. <laughs> you know, that, that, kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, at this point, Dr. French... Changes from his customer relations job and, and leaves to, to something else. Good. Uh, but it still didn't let up. And we're more than a year in. We have an email which also so bad that Justice McCallum refused to reproduce it in the, the judgment. Uh, but it says that Dr. French is corrupt, pushes out employees uh, and replaces them with unqualified friends. Kind of like, I guess, like Adam Sandler. <laughs> Put your friends in your movies, pay them with that sweet ad money. Uh, and that he had previously acted corruptly in awarding contractors' partner, who was uh, then named in the email, blah, blah, blah. And so this email was sent to about 500 people, but not Dr. French. So this is the one that's kind of saying all the stuff he's done very vaguely and naming his partner, which this is an email to 500 people in the company naming Dr. French's, uh, I think, boyfriend at the time, possibly husband. Uh, so this, this outs him to, to a lot of people in the company, which, you know, if I had mentioned it, fuck this guy. He is officially a trash person. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, that's a, you know, that's an offense to Oscar the Grouch is how bad this guy is. <laughs> yeah. So in the company, there were meetings with Dr. French to kind of discuss these allegations. And he sent out for the second half of the meetings, which kind of suggests that the bank is taking this seriously. So Justice McCallum kind of concludes the case that's kind of where it ends before Dr. French is like, all right, fuck this. To the courts we go. Justin McCallum kind of concludes saying that it must be recognized that the imputations are serious, the damage extensive, and the hurt to feelings enormous. In all the circumstances, I'm now of the view that there should be a verdict in favor of Dr. French for damages, including aggravated damages in the sum of uh, $300,000, which is very close to the maximum. Wow. Probably deserves more, but Arbitrator can't even afford to pay that. But it ends up with a a $300,000 judgment in his favour. And the, the judgment itself kind of works to dispel of all the notions. So, In the case of uh, of somebody not being able to pay damages, what, what happens there in the legal system? Uh, wage garnishing oh, uh, is generally it. But otherwise, you're out of luck, really. 
you know, you can't sue someone for more than than you than they have. That's that's more or less the long and short of it. Yep, makes sense. And then the follow up, uh, the arbitrator uh, told media that he acted in an unprofessional and inappropriate manner, but was highly emotional after dealing with disaffected customers, some of who were suicidal and facing financial ruin. So he's like, oh, but my poor customers, I was so emotional, and that's why I was a supervillain, even though he doesn't seem to have any customers. So still still at this point, he is not being able to produce any actual clientele. No, no, no noted clients, no actual issues with the bank ever come up at wow. all. Uh, and then we have, this is the... The, the him in prison, uh, rattling against the bars, laughing maniacally. And we have the quote to media, my work exposing corporate misconduct will go on. And then we, we fade to black credit. <laughs> These bars can't hold me, Superman. He's not doing too well now, which I'm... Uh, the arbitrator, not doing too well now. He somehow has 1,400 tw- Twitter followers... Went much less than the, the 10,000 he said. It probably went down. Yeah, it, de- it, de- it definitely went down. But somehow 1,400 people on Twitter. He's completely abandoned the arbitrator name in every way. Uh, he, his website is is down, which is why I I insist on referring to him as the arbitrator. Just to, so no one forgets. Just to keep the name alive. Yeah, it's like, right, he was a supervillain, guys. Let's not, you know, forget that. Uh, he has a new website which, uh, called Franchise Redress and mentions helping uh, exposing 7-Eleven and Domino's, basically kind of franchise stuff, but it doesn't explain what the business is. It just says that they set out to hold significant and meaningful presence within the franchise industry. I, I don't know what his company does. I'm pretty sure it's just him. I guess it's just harassing and homophobia of of communications people in kind of companies because i i literally can't tell what his his business is all about so I, I will add that in uh, 2018 i suspect that his tactics will be nigh um ineffective they were ineffective in in 2013 apart from he sent just widespread bullshit to people a lot of people uh, to the point where they they had to say there's so much information coming out that we we have to start wondering if there's substance to it uh, but no, no one's gonna believe anything he says anymore. Luckily, thank, thank. Uh, but like the scare tax and like all the scare tactics and stuff, you know, what he wanted was a phone call with this guy, and he over two years he still didn't get it. Ha! Good. <laughs> yeah. So to this day, is he still behind bars? He was. It was never behind bars. It was never uh, so a prison was thing. It was just the the three hundred grand payout. Sadly. Yeah. Yep, okay. uh, he should be behind bars. That was just the, my my comic kind of ending. To, to what happened there is kind of his I'll be back quote well your comic ending was misleading because uh, kind of... no honestly he should be behind bars or in a straight jacket because this man is mm. um, you know an egomaniac at, at best at absolute best and a sociopath at worst yeah uh, so on his his new franchise free dress website he's got his team page thing which, which shows it's just him and another person who just her name is Madison. There's a photo there. I, she looks to be about fifteen. I think she must be his niece or something. And she's just asked if she can be part of the page. So, so it looks like there are more than two people. I haven't looked too much into it because she looks like fifteen. I don't want to. You don't want to end up on some sort of watch list. 
I don't want to be like like this guy, you know. I don't want to harass someone for no reason. Gosh, wouldn't that be awful? I do, <laughs> I do wonder mm. how much harassment the arbitrator had brought upon himself after this happened, though. Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be a lot. Uh, one thing I did find is I there was a link in the the, the team page. Uh, she had a link to her, her Twitter, which I went to to see if I could find more info about the, the operation. And it has an old email address at opred.com, which isn't anywhere on this website. Uh, and it looks like she hasn't updated her Twitter in ages. So this is an old website, which has a, a coming soon splash page. Uh, but it, it looks like they used to have something called Operation Redress. And it has set post- personal phone numbers up. So you, you, you can go to his website and find his mobile number and ask if he's dreaming of you. Oh, good. no. And if he has running shoes. Stop. We, we should not advocate this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should, we should. <laughs> Our official mm. disclaimer, we do not advocate the act Yeah, no, of that, that's harassing. the last thing I've written is <laughs> do not, do not bother him or whoever this girl is, you know, leave them alone. Just don't trust them or but listen to them. But as an interesting aside, if you were so inclined... <laughs> If you were going to send a mean Twitter to someone, you know, if you were, oh, oh, uh, Ted Cruz or or the arbitrator, oh, you know, both good choices. So essentially, Andy's therapy tip for the day, if you have some pent-up anger or rage, we now have a, a Twitter account for you to use for your emotional release. Uh, yeah, and that is the the tale of the arbitrator. That is the case of, of French and Fraser. From a jurisprudence uh, legal point of view, nothing significant, no big precedent set apart from it, it being a big payout. But it is just a, a roller coaster filled with, with quotes I had to share. I have to be honest, you know, we're g- going above the table now, uh, if, if that is the end of that particular law cast, that in terms of the things that co-pilots have done so far that one concept is one that i would love to spin off and do on like a bi-weekly basis if there are more cases out there and i'm sure there are plenty that are weird and wacky and wonderful that would be a wonderful series (laughs) oh yeah they're out there for sure every time i've sat in court there's something hilarious has come up where I've had to, to stifle myself from, from laughing. I've had one case that was a stabbing. And this this is going to sound like something out of a cartoon. I guarantee you it's real. It's a stabbing where the quotes are... Uh, what are you going to do? Stab Pick me. up a knife. What are you going to do? Stab me. Oh, fuck, I've been stabbed. <laughs> Three quotes in succession. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, criminals are a number one source of comedy. I would love to, if I can find another case, I I would be gleeful to to bring it to your attention. I, I do genuinely feel that in my career as a lawyer, I could just work cases for, for five or seven years and then use that as the sole source for, for stand-up comedy for the rest of my life. I actually think that that is a perfect idea. And... I think as well uh, for co-pilots, everybody, the first official episode two of any of these ideas that we bring you is going to be this one. It has to be this one. 
I'd love to do kind of looking to the future of, of co-pilots, maybe a 10th episode special or an 11th episode special and have a, a vote from the, the listeners. Mm. But uh, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for any case like this. I'd love to, to do this again if I can find a case. Hopefully, hopefully one that's a bit lighter in tone because there was some stuff there that I wasn't super happy to be repeating. And it would be fantastic because like the, the first section of this particular story... I was thinking to myself, this is comedy gold. And then it, as soon as the homophobia crept in, it really did take a turn. It, it took a very, very strong turn where, though it's still fascinating, it's still super interesting, it's it feels a little bit more inappropriate to have a goof with. So it would be fantastic to find more of these, perhaps ones that stay a little bit more lighthearted and we could, you know, we could definitely pump out that episode 10 special. Well, do you have anything else to add to this amazing narrative uh, the only thing we've left uh for this particular uh co-pilot's launch is a title for our legal podcast oh god um would we name it after the after the podcast idea or we name it after the subject matter because for this one in particular i was thinking about the arbitrator the long branch of the law <laughs> i think yeah that's, that'd be the episode title but the uh, the podcast title uh, arbitration nation was one I, I had in mind for our our law our law thing just as a to always have an homage to the the arbitrator or a case by case and i'm gonna be honest there is a wealth of legal podcast names if you've ever listened to the judge john hodgman podcast which a different concept but every every episode title is a a pun on on a legal thing so i could just open up that and and steal something uh but for now what we've got is what we've got well i think we'll have to come back with something a little bit more some a little bit more concrete and because it's it's weird that we can say this for the regular listener you can leave a comment on facebook and tell us <laughs> your legal podcast pun names that's why have we not made this a, a tenet of the, the co-pilots format is have have fans come up with with names for for these launches well <laughs> hindsight is 2020 so moving on we will have to do that regularly <laughs> mm. well well would you like to to sing us out my friend sing us out um oh damn i haven't warmed up my voice even though i've been talking for for an hour <laughs> <clears throat> i have been your co-pilot andy and I have been your non-musical co-co-pilot, Cam. Uh, thank you for listening to the tentatively named Case by Case podcast. And we'll see you definitely next week on time for Case by Case episode two. Goodbye! Goodbye!